0: There was a, uh, uh, orchestrated mass media campaign by our critics to, uh, portray us as dangerous by, by the opposition. And that's all, that's all, that's all waning now uh, because of the changes in the, in the website. So we were actually able to, to alter the world's view of things. And, you know, the, the living room set, um, there are people that thought that I was trying to reach out to people in their living rooms, which is really funny. I'm not, not at all. I don't. No one's no no one that looks like Bob on that couch is going to stumble on CrossFit.com and start start doing this stuff. It's not like that. But we all know someone that looks like that. You know that like that looks like my grandma's living room and you know or my aunt's living room. And uh, we know people that are that are sedentary, and we know people that are eating too much carbohydrate. We know that they're sitting there watching TV, and we know that they're older and yet the CrossFit stimulus has more to offer them than it does you in terms of the change in lifestyle. And so I said to Sevon, I said, let's let's bring those people into the gym. Let's reach out into the community at large, and let's bring the what I'm calling the underserved. These are the people that no gym wants them walking in. I promise you, at 24-hour Nautilus or, or LA Fitness, when you come in with a walker, no one's getting all excited. Look, this is going to be great, you know? Uh, but I did, I would, we can, our affiliates will.
1: Welcome to episode number 118 of Pursuing Health featuring Greg Glassman. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hi there, and welcome back to Pursuing Health. I hope you all had a wonderful CrossFit Games weekend and that you enjoyed all of the excitement. I just got back into town from Madison, Wisconsin, and it was an eventful week, to say the least. Now, this is a very special conversation that I have been waiting to have for a while now, I sat down with CrossFit's founder, coach Greg Glassman, at the beginning of the week in Madison, before the CrossFit Health Conference, before the CrossFit Games unfolded, and we had a conversation about a lot of the changes that have been going on with CrossFit throughout the past year or so. Greg has been featured on the podcast twice before, so if you haven't checked out those episodes yet, I highly recommend you go back and listen for a little bit more context. In this conversation, we discussed the evolution of CrossFit health, some of the changes that have occurred over the course of the past year at CrossFit HQ, as well as what he sees as the current mission and direction of CrossFit as a whole. Before we get started, just a reminder that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started with episode number one eighteen of Pursuing Health featuring Greg Glassman. Welcome to Pursuing Health.
0: Thank you. Greg
1: Glassman, the first three-peat guest on Pursuing Health.
0: Is that right? Yes,
1: what? I'm very excited to Thank be talking for that. with you again. Um Last time we talked was actually almost a year and a half ago, and it was right after the very first MDL1 seminar. Obviously, a lot has happened over the past year and a half, and I want to get into all of that. But maybe you could start with just a broad overview of how has CrossFit Health evolved over this time?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I know there are a good number of people in the community that think that um, CrossFit Health is, a, is a, a direct public health effort. It's a, a CrossFit's attempt to uh, do something about chronic disease. And and only remotely is that tr- true. Our public health effort is centered in what the affiliates do, and that happens at 15,000 locations where uh, refined carbohydrates should be assiduously avoided and constantly varied high-intensity functional movement is the, is the order of the day. Um, they got that figured out, and every two hours and 40 minutes another gym opens up committed to that, to that end. So we can check off the public's health. We're taking great care of it. Doing, and in fact, my line that we have, a, we're in unique possession of an elegant solution. Um, there are others that are aware of the elegant solution, which is, which is to combat sedentarism and excessive consumption of refined carbohydrate. But the programs to do so are largely theoretical. That boy, if we only did this and did that and people did this, we'd get this result. But ours is real. And so we're in unique possession because it's not an idea. It's happening on a daily basis, and it's a very real cultural phenomenon and globally. Elegant in the mathematician's sense of marked by simplicity and efficacy. And so that's all of that. That's the public health thing. But what is CrossFit Health? Well, on the landing page, it says that it's a protracted examination of the ills of modern medicine. Mm -hmm. And so this is our diagnosis of medicine's illness and boy we, it's hard to find anyone anymore that at least that hangs around us that doesn't acknowledge that something's not right that things are things are happening at uh, and you could just look at a declining life expectancy there's a whole bunch of things diabetes rate obesity childhood obesity there's a, there's a all the telltales are, are are negative and bad and the tagline for crossFit health is let's start with the truth and I'm of the opinion that until the the uh, Depth and scope of a problem is fully appreciated. Um, a solution is exceedingly unlikely. And uh, uh, me personally, I have near zero hope for the public's health. Um, largely because uh, almost it seems like the entire world is in denial as to the ex- scope and 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 depth of the problem. Mm-hmm. And so so it's unlikely to solve. Also. Um, the solutions that i've heard often is a, a, a hodgepodge of things um some of them are very narrow focus some of them depend on mass conversion events like if only the nutrition guidelines would change um a lot of them depend on someone who's getting filthy rich off of the mess to just out of their goodwill stop doing that and i just i just don't i just don't see that happening but uh, uh we got drug into this by the um, fraud and scientific misconduct of the National Strength and Conditioning Association at the, at the behest, fundamentally, of William Kramer, who suborned falsification of a, of a injury data in a study that showed a remarkable physiological advantage from the stimulus and had no injuries. He had to, in peer review, add the injuries to this science. Mm-hmm. And so in 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 doing what we're doing to the NSCA, and I probably probably as proud of that as anything that's happened in CrossFit, um, helping to take them apart and expose them for what they are. Um, the CrossFit versus NSCA is a wonderful template or fractal look at what's wrong everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and so, you know, Russ and I had been joking now for several years, we've only found corruption in the places we've looked <laughs> And the stories that are coming forward and you get to hear from guys like Malcolm Kendrick, Zoe uh, Harcombe, mm-hmm. who, you're, who you're speaking with next, love to hear that. I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, uh, Gauthier, I'm just uh, just fascinated by the people we're bringing around. Now, on, with our, with our uh, MDL1s, the idea is to hub the cross-fitting physicians. They, they have a view that's outside of mainstream. Um, they've identified being uh, feeling isolated. Their colleagues often think of them as uh, uh, being fanatics, or worse yet, uh, cult members. Um, and and you've heard me say this before. I'm, I'm fairly convinced that no one went to medical school to have a non-mainstream kind of wacko view. And a lot of the discomfort of of being ahead of of so the, the, you know the crossfitting doctors. That's the vanguard. That's that's the future. If anything is going to come out good in the end. In the end, medicine's going to have to realize the harms of sedentarism and excessive refined carbohydrate, or the problem's going to continue to get worse and worse. So the CrossFit physicians have an upper hand on that. They know exactly what's wrong. They know the good that CrossFit's doing. And networking them, hubbing them, I think has diminished. And I'm here, I'm you know, speaking to what people like you think. I don't know, but I would suspect, I think I'm seeing in their demeanor, in their behavior, from their feedback, um, a reduced sense of isolation that geez, there's 20,000 of us in the United States alone. And, and we're not, we're not crazy. Um, the mainstream view is, is tainted, has been damaged is wrong. And I, I think, I think we're knocking it out of the park with that regard. I'm really pleased of that, making great friends. And so on top of that, we've been bringing the speakers in to talk on, in the parallel event. And, uh, this was one of those things, Julie, it sounded like a really good idea, and very often you don't know just how bad an idea is until you execute it or how wonderful it was. And mm-hmm. often when the things come out wonderful, um, <laughs> the purpose for the effort becomes more apparent as you roll down the road. And so you have it kind of as you're, you're, you're unrolling your own future. And, and we're doing that. We've done that again. This will be a, a regular feature of, of the CrossFit training effort.
1: And I can definitely vouch for that that sense of – community and a sense of sort of a, a revolution happening. Every time we go to one of the MDL ones with the DDC happening simultaneously, it seems like there's more and more momentum each time it happens. And and from the, at least the doctors I've talked to who've gone through the seminar go home with a sense of feeling like they aren't crazy and like mm-hmm. they have this support in this community who is like-minded um, that they can continue to get support from.
0: I I th- that's what I think I'm witnessing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and look, like I've got my friends Julie and Danny going to go see Alan Buck and work with him, and right. I, th- I think we were might have been behind that that meeting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a...
1: well, I never would have met Alan Buck if he wasn't at all of the MDL One yeah. seminars.
0: Um, Sari Kerr, uh, from uh, Wellesley, I believe, is an econ professor, and when I told her what the goal was in 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 uh, in uh, networking the physicians, mm-hmm. um communications theory is, is 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 her expertise and uh she was really excited by what i was feeling and it helped me to see it more clearly too but you take uh, any number of people that hold the same view and don't even know each other you separate them by geography mm-hmm. and um, once they know each other um the, the dynamics of the of the interaction and the knowledge they have for each of them is greater than it was individually. There's a compounding mm-hmm. of the of the awareness that's really striking. Absolutely. And uh, you could almost, as a, just a matter of course, have looked at the situation and ha- and I think that uh, anyone in communications theory would go, "What's desperately needed here is that these people need to be talking to each other okay. that share what is a non-mainstream and yet essential. And I mean essential in the sense of essential amino acid, you know, and, and, and essential vitamins." Um, that you don't have optimal function of the organism without getting off the couch and off the carbs. Mm-hmm. And so so here we are. Mm-hmm. And now, even
1: just to see what's possible. So you think about all these doctors independently thinking maybe they have this non-mainstream view and they're feeling kind of trapped in the conventional system. But now they're talking and they're realizing, hey, there's other ways to do this. There's other ways to talk to our patients about these things. And seeing what's possible just levels the entire um, the entire field. It's kind of like what you see in it, that's happened at the elite level with the CrossFit athletes and the CrossFit games is that once people see, oh, they're capable of lifting that much weight, maybe I can get there too. And once you see what's possible and you open your mind up to it, I think amazing things will happen. Right.
0: That's my hope. Mm-hmm. That's my hope.
1: I want to talk a little bit about some of the changes that have happened in CrossFit as a whole, as an organization. And obviously you know, you've been working on these, these legal battles and these, um, this mission of exposing the truth and exposing a lot of the corruption that's happening in the health sciences for years, and you've been talking about it. But this year, there was a, obviously a huge shift in the company to really align more with that mission um, and, and to focus on sort of what you said CrossFit is uniquely qualified to do. So why was this the right time to make that shift?
0: Nineteen oh one oh one, the new website, mm-hmm. um, on Jan one. That project was a culmination of five or six years of frustration with um, affiliates. Very many of them, ten year plus affiliates, waiting in reception lines to say hi to me, which is, even feels odd. You know, like I know who you are. I can't wait till <laughs> he comes up, waiting in line or she comes up, and the message was. In my box, what I do, it's not about the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got so sick and tired of hearing that. Um, of course it's not. And and uh, I'm sorry that anyone thought that maybe I thought that it was. Remember, I stood flat-footed in the gym floor working with the public for 20 years
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, prior to there being a, a second box. And, and I know that the, uh, the soccer moms and... Uh, and and the fat granddads and all that stuff. Those mm-hmm. are that's the that's the bread and butter of the business. And mm-hmm. the Greg Amundsen's and Annie Sakamoto's, though I had two remarkable uh, athletes in my gym, they were in no way, shape, or form typical or representative. You know, they kind of spoke to the to the to the ideal to what was possible. And love them for that. And they they're both in the in the instance of those two too, they were wonderful wonderful cheerleaders for the other end of the continuum. Mm-hmm. So just precious people to have in the gym. But uh, for the outside world looking in, dot um, com prior to that, you would have gotten a little different view, perhaps a little different takeaway. And so, and so, and and I'm trying to give the message that we sit in unique possession of an elegant solution to the world's most vexing problem. and You go to CrossFit.com, and then you see the unobtainable. You know, is what was a lot of people's take on that. And so there were there were people that were taken aback by it. But Julie, like you there were people that had been watching me stumping and and one guy said that hey if you'd been watching these videos and he offered three or four videos there's no surprise at all what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um this is a big ship. Um my leadership is uh is uh not iron fisted. Um I try to forge consensus and uh it, we you know we, we did a lot of forging. It was, a, it, was a, it was it was it took some work. Mm-hmm. But um uh, the what you saw in 190101 01, and the stuff that's continued to this day, uh, we put about a, eight or nine of us six months effort into loading the coffers for the material that is each of the buckets mm-hmm. that's, that is, is the Curtin publishing schedule. And uh, I'm excited to report that we're never going to run out of material. <laughs> that, <laughs> that it's self-refreshing yeah. so that every, every week there's new scientific misconduct on a Great scale. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, uh, you know these epidemiological studies are just f- like it's raining them. <laughs> We're just having a lot of fun. Uh, the p-value mess is 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 not getting any better. Uh, you know when who, who, all of these things are are so wonderful and uh, like, that's doesn't that sound bad? I actually enjoy it. Um, I was talking with uh, with Glenn C. Begley, who was the Amgen research head that was. Uh, uh, the key with Ellis, the principles in the, in the uh, replication effort of the hematology oncology bedwork bedrock foundational studies mm-hmm. where they found the uh, very, very low. What was it? 11% or something uh, replication rate mm-hmm. of, of the, of the studies. I was talking to Glenn before he came out and it was great to, to meet with him and, and listen to him. But uh, uh, I was told him that it was, it's kind of a weird thing that there's a, science i i love science and i'm fascinated by science and i i grew up with with a, with a scientist i was raised by one and i am familiar with the modern science and the scientific method but in examining how it is that we you know let's look at john Iannotti's, uh most research findings are false in the examination of how that happened what you find is wonderful wonderful human element mm-hmm. and so in in the in this science we have a fusion of science as it should be and isn't combined with some amazing human behaviors that are largely uh, God, <laughs> misguided at best, if not evil even. Mm-hmm. Um, we just called the, the whole of it corruption, both in the sense of like a corrupt politician and like a corrupted file, you know, something that isn't working mm-hmm. as it should. It's been broken. And I, I refer to all of this as like science porn. <laughs> and Begley says, I love that. He says, do you mind if I use it? So I really liked Because I told him, I think something's wrong with me, that I'm fascinated by broken science. It's absolutely fascinating to me because mm-hmm. I'm a victim of broken science. We had the editor-in-chief of the foremost uh, journal of exercise science, suborn falsification. Um, he, committed, he committed falsification, fabrication, perjury, and some near felonies in, dis- in spoilation of evidence. All is, you know, is part of his his sense of 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 his scientific obligation to his journal, and uh, we couldn't be having more fun with it. You know?
1: And I love, I think the the new website is one of my most favorite changes that have happened this year for Thank CrossFit, you. and absolutely, I know there are you know different articles and recipes and things that come out each day, but I think the articles, if you start back at like you said, January 1st, and you just go through each of those articles for anyone, especially for someone who's in healthcare or who is a physician or who is a scientist, I think you can't get a better sort of tutorial on all that is wrong with our current science today.
0: Thank you. I'm very proud of that. And that was the hope and uh, traffic's up uh, in the neighborhood of 50% across the board. There's a half a dozen metrics you might look at. Mm -hmm. I'll share with you. Um, Am I glad it's up? Of course. Uh, was I concerned about it? Not at all. Um, had I checked for myself? No. Someone checked without me asking and told me. Uh, but you know, that's not how I do things. I, I build the thing I'd like to see, and we had a we had um, a thousand articles queued up. Mm-hmm. with a very powerful rationale for sharing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, I'm acutely aware of the fact that over time a curation builds and all I wanted to do was all these things I found, I said it would have been wonderful if they'd all been in one place. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're doing. Right. That's the whole it's of it. It's like the so
1: best I, textbook you could find. Yeah, it's a
0: one-stop <laughs> shop. And, and what that does for us, and I'm glad to share this with you and here, the net of this is that we are uniquely poised with the likes of Jeff Glassman, Gauthier, and Kendrick, and we've got mathematicians. I mean, we've got, we got the CrossFit community is full of expertise, rife with expertise. Um, uh, we're going to build a cert in a modern science and the scientific method. Wow. And it's, uh, we're going to infuse that curriculum into the level one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to gate the level three with the science cert that so that you'll be able to to stand there on the shop floor mm-hmm. and uh, uh, with better perspective and arguments for how it is that we may have gotten it right, whereas your your, aunt's doctor doesn't understand and maybe why. You know, one of my flow masters said that on launching a, the nutrition cert, a woman shot her hand up and asked if he'd seen the study that uh, showed that it was a 28% uh, increased chance of cancer. I think it was for meat eaters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that uh, he told her, listen, this isn't the place to to argue that now. But if you went to CrossFit.com, you can see that they're dealing with these kinds of things. And maybe you've even addressed that study. In particular, I don't know. We'd have to look, but let's circle back around. Mm-hmm. And I was pleased that he that he referenced that. And But it also hit me that think what it would be to give a guy like that the tools to say that um, – uh, that this is a a survey
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh it 's an epidemiological study, and at best it 's going to show a correlation um not causation mm-hmm. and so that can 't be inferred from this study and the The material that is the data for this is a survey it's someone 's recollections of and nobody right. that does science thinks that the responses to a survey um is is reliable data, and that would it be measurable observable repeatable mm-hmm. um uh, measures, yeah, maybe, observable, yeah, kind of, repeatable, probably not. You know, it's 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 about survey questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, to take that and assume something else, on net what you have is something that really isn't science. Mm-hmm. And uh, more interesting than a – because I think I could design, um, especially if you let me William Kramer with the numbers – I could get a, I could do an epidemiological survey that came to any conclusion we wanted ahead of time, and so yeah. what's more interesting to me than than the science of this because there really isn't any, is who found it necessary to go to all this effort to come to that conclusion and wrap it up as science, mm-hmm. and that's also really interesting to see where where this kind of stuff comes from, who's behind it.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some of the most surprising things that you found in that realm?
0: It, 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 this is the, the constant surprise for me. And it, it, it's, um, it bothers me. Um, I am philosophically a skeptic. I am by personality cynical. Um, and yet I'm, I'm surprised at the scope and the extent of the corruption
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: and the failures. It's, it's it, I, nothing could have prepared me for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not even my old man since I mean, Jeff Glassman has been harping at me since 1960, that mm-hmm. postmodern science was going to be the end of the world. And that, uh, Uh, peer review is is easily rigged and that the goal of science is not to form consensus but to produce uh, theorems that have better than chance predictive value i have i I grew up on this i was Mm -hmm. homeschooled in this and and yet here i am shocked at what i'm seeing
3: Mm -hmm.
0: it's uh everything my old man said was going to happen chicken little (laughs) we're right there now right there now and so he was telling me that this science would you he was he was he predicted the replication crisis, I think, 25 years ahead of anyone. I thought he was nuts.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought he was nuts, and now I just echo and I sit with him and I, and I hear back the things he was telling me as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. He's
1: on to something,
0: <laughs> he's on to something. Um, he didn't, he was a he was a industrial scientist, uh, PhD, electrical engineer, system science guy. uh, who worked very closely with the top universities in recruiting efforts and in science education. And so he made a career out of being uh, 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 able to bridge bridge the gap between academic science Mm -hmm. and industrial science. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them depends on uh, modern science, uh, which is... Producing, it, from the tradition of Aristotle and Bacon, where you produce uh, theorems that have better than chance predictive value so that you can make airplanes and boats and things that fly and shoot and sink mm-hmm. and, and have flat panel TVs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: In academic science, you need peer review and consensus, and so you have to be in favor and agreement, and your theories don't have to work. They're, it's not a requirement for the science, mm-hmm. and that's postmodern science. And uh, this is a, this has been baked into me, but I never thought it would sting me in the sense that we would open a simple, wonderful, helpful little business like CrossFit, and then someone would deign it necessary to to respond to what we're doing. Do you know that I have never heard in any way, shape, or form even hinted at anyone, anywhere, anytime having a problem with work capacity across broad time and moral domains? Mm Nothing. Nothing.
1: Can't really argue against that.
0: Nothing. There's that, and you know, it's a, it's an, it's an arbitrary thing, but it's our standard. We're going to use that one. We're going to use that one. I think, I think that maybe there's some, I don't know say jealousy, but uh, it should have happened a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. It, this is a, this is a, uh, the Newtonian approach to all things that move, including human beings, and we just grounded things in force, distance, and time. Mm-hmm. And there's there's never been an objection to that from anyone, from any of the scientific community at all. And so the response out of the scientific community to CrossFit, um, to, to respond to what we did, it was necessary to uh, uh, falsify a study.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how they had to deal with CrossFit. And boy, you know, there's probably no better vindication of our effort than that. That the, you know the the only counter you can come up with it's kind of like in a debate where someone has to pull out a bat and hit you you know what I mean <laughs> they just it just they lost the they lost it intellectually
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the battle the science battle is over CrossFit won
1: how have you forged relationships with some of these scientists they, I mean right now you're surrounded by so many
3: Check smart how easy people. This is.
0: <laughs> i was so i was in love with Gautier from just reading what he's been through okay. i i've got uh, r- uh, rational uh diagnostics and treatment. I read the mammogram book uh whatever his latest was I'm just, i've just i've become a f- instant fan of the guy and so all I have to do is say karn, i want to meet him get him out here <laughs> and it, it was lovely it's been that easy with everyone Ufi ravenkov you know we've been mm-hmm. we promoted his work first in two thousand three Wow with his cholesterol myths. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, Julie, because I read that in great detail. I learned exactly what was wrong with Framingham. I learned about the limitations of epidemiological studies. I learned uh, was, there's so much sleight of hand and cool stuff that he delineates in those 12 myths. Um, and we ran them uh, serially, each myth, in 2003. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> I remembered everything about Ufi Ravenskov yeah. and the cholesterol myths, but I'd forgotten that what, a, what a deal we'd made of it. And I think in 2003, I thought it was over. There, we shared that. Fixed that problem. Yeah, we fixed that <laughs> problem. Now everybody knows. I mean, we should have run that every single year. In fact, I'm going to do that. We're going to We should run all 12 myths every year. Yeah. But he was perfectly correct then. And I don't know how you could be more correct than perfectly correct, but what's happened is that the backdrop has changed, the scenario has gotten worse. The thing that he was railing against, the misinformation that he was that he was so concerned about, it, it might be a greater problem today. At least you know, and we can always point, hey, look, we got paleo people, and there's more CrossFitters and all that. But uh, the nation's health is still in steady decline, mm-hmm. and so we're going to have, but scant impact on those that get to our gyms and listen to what we're doing and puts us in an odd position in that I I preach a kind of a doomsday message for the public health. And yet every two hours and 40 minutes, another lifeboat opens up mm-hmm. that's saving people's lives in this tsunami of disease. So it's a, it's a best case scenario for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Going back to some of the changes this year, you mentioned that, you know, you have this kind of team surrounding you and that you had to push a little bit to make some of these changes. Can you just talk about, about that? Who are the important people that you're working with and that, and how do you make decisions together?
0: Brian Mulvaney and I, uh, Brian's been my chief advisor for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak three, four times a day. Karin, uh, in, uh, publishing Olivia, uh, one of my editors, managing editor, um leaf is here from the publishing crew um clark reed uh i know i'm leaving someone out but uh we've got a we've got a crew that was there in my living room a year and a half ago
3: Mm -hmm.
0: listening to where i wanted to take things and and i i wrestled control of the company from the front end Mm -hmm. and so we're going to change the website we're going to present the real us, mm-hmm. the important us, we're going to put the rest on a back burner. Um, we're going to stop with the broadcasting of the games, and we're going to let someone else do that. Where that's that's not our, in our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Though we did a remarkable job of it, and is proud of all those guys. You know, it's a hard thing to to for financial reasons to let someone go, and and we've done that before. You know, this was a we were we were shepherding one of the world's fastest growing businesses. Well, we we reached. Uh, I understand we're the 11th largest uh, chain in world history, Wow. and we got to some number of units faster than anyone had. So the message at Harvard Business School that we're the fastest growing chain in world history. And we've had some close calls where we needed to, to jettison folks, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that, that always hurt. But i tell you where we're at now is... I've had people that were in my employ that were doing something that I didn't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was important that we not do it anymore. And so it's always, it's always hard and the human part's rough as can be. But uh, it would have been worse to keep them on. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to do something that the guy who's paying you doesn't want it done. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not healthy for anybody. Okay. And so we, we made those shifts and the response out of uh, media, global media has been amazing. So we've got more talent covering the games now by just opening up to the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, we don't we don't want your money. Bring your cameras, you know? Yeah. And uh, we're going to do the international feed, and there's a whole bunch of people that are going to be doing voiceover analysis on top of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But th- the thing that I'm really loving this year was the uh, sanctioned events. Mm-hmm. I was a smash hit, and it was Noor Green and I that kind of designed that last year at the games at mm-hmm. the house on the lake. Uh, it, what a cool thing it is to imagine that out on paper – you said like uh, we'll have sixteen. Just mm-hmm. pick a number out of a hat, you know, as a goal, we're gonna do it. And then to see an execution, it came off perfectly. And they're hot. We could there're so many requests for these sanctioned events. And so there's a democratization of the of the competition space. I knew we were doing something really wrong when I saw these events like Guadapalooza, the judges are my guys, I've got my flow masters out there. I got my training staff out there. I got all kinds of people on my payroll and they're doing wads. I know and it's CrossFit, but now it's a functional fitness competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn, that's, I don't, I don't see how that's good for anyone. So we fixed that. But the globalization of the games, bringing the country champions, is, I am really, really excited by that. Yeah. You know, we, we uh, took the top 20 from the open and each country champion. And uh, we ran uh, 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 regressions of this th- uh, through uh, old data to see if, if our model would put the same people on the podium. Mm-hmm. And it does. We've more than covered that. So we know we don't alter uh, uh, the top five at all. There's mm-hmm. almost no chance of that having happened. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I think it's really important that someone be here from China, from India, from Colombia- you know that's mm-hmm. th- that matters to me and it matters a lot
1: it's going to be cool to watch
0: and i'm what i'm curious about is the uh is the visual spectacle mm-hmm. will it look different and i would think with the infusion of almost 100 countries to the mix that it would have to mm-hmm. that there'd be enough diversity of culture ethnicity and uh, that that uh that we're going to we're going to see the difference i hope so
1: definitely i'm excited to watch it me too is there anything that are, it sounds like you're very happy with the way things turned out with the the entire game season this year? Is there anything that you want to change looking forward to next season?
0: That's a great question for next week, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll
1: wait. We'll wait until yeah, the games yeah. play out. I, we'll go for that I, one.
0: You know, I I don't want to sit here and tell you I'm expecting to be perfect, yeah. but it, so far, okay. Yeah, I like this, and I got a lot of tolerance too. You know, mm-hmm. if uh, if the uh, uh, I'm not even going to name countries, but if lane two got in a fight with lane three for something that's happening back on the other side of the world, you know, I, I'm, we're okay with that. We'll bust it up. And these, these, are, these are, these are real things. I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's amazing hit. Yeah, the, the guy, there was a, there was a, a gentleman. and I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this or not, so I won't name the country, but it's a, it's a, it's a, a wonderful little country that uh, most of my friends couldn't spin the globe and point to you where it is. Mm-hmm. And his benefactor, sponsor, gave him $300,000 to train for the games. Wow. And we we're like, he already won. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just gifted it to him. Right. And that, that's just really cool. Really cool. All of the sponsorship opportunities change now. And I'm looking for a two- or three-year moratorium on uh, title sponsorship, the highest level. When the Reebok thing's done, there's there's not going to be another shoe company that, that – that, uh, that, uh, uh, sits in that position again. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're done with exclusive contracts. Uh, I like where we're going.
1: Mm -hmm. So by kind of democratizing some of these other areas, like running the sanctionals and the media, you've been able to really focus what CrossFit is doing on, like you said, what you're uniquely qualified to do. So what is
0: that? Beautiful. That would be... Um, support of the affiliates. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like is, and, and what's interesting, when we got off social media, I have time for a story. Be, oh, yeah. yes. Um, Always. <laughs> I've never understood social media. We've had employees uh, ruin their lives on Facebook in real time. You just watch it unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you try and find the good of social media and it, it, it's easier to find the bad. It didn't make sense to me at all. And then the then the, the privacy stuff came down. Then we had the uh, the uh, uh, nutrition bulletin board shut down. Um, we've seen the Facebook crew that is going to start uh, working with a truth and science, and they've got some some turds in the in the lineup. Mm. And I, I see where this is going. And we just we left. Um, we've gotten a lot of press over the years, but the most press and the best press we ever got. Was from uh, getting off social media. Hmm. Now it came as a surprise to me, but come on, I just had to think about it, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Of course, mainstream media hates social media, right? Mm-hmm. They see them as competitors. But the mainstream media response was overwhelming, from you know places like Russian television, and I mean, it was it was really well received. And the affiliate response was amazing, almost perfectly positive. So we're here, we're getting loved by by. Television and, and, and uh, 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 you know, networks and magazines and newspapers are all reporting this thing and the affiliates are loving it. That's scary turf. When everyone's telling you how wonderful you are, that's when you really need to <laughs> stop and look and make sure because, you know, I, I, I'm not comfortable there. And so I started paying attention to the, the few that were unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. And I actually had an affiliate or two, maybe three, certainly two, um, say, without Facebook, what the hell are you doing for me now? And I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so I started asking, so yeah, hey, what do you get? What is What does the affiliation entail? And uh, that was really instructive because what we're doing for affiliates is all those things. Again, I use my model. You know, I, I built an affiliation that I would join. And if I were an affiliate, would I want the parent organization to help me get clients? No, I don't need help getting clients. It's not easy to get clients, but I don't need anyone's help. Mm-hmm. Um, they also can't help. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you to help me paint the walls. I don't, you know, that's not mm-hmm. the kind of things I want. What I'd want you to do is all those things that I can't do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And over time, the number of things that we can do that the affiliate can't do is growing. And uh, uh, there are things that are defense of the realm, defense of the affiliates, that, uh, only, uh, uh, that we, only we could do. And those things come in this area of, of legislation. We've been mm-hmm. able to, uh, to uh, that's pretty much a, a defensive effort. We've thwarted legislation repeatedly. Uh, one case, significant enough uh, occurrence that it made page two of the Wall Street Journal. That CrossFit was able to overturn some occupational licensure, and that mm-hmm. only happened uh, eight times in 40 years successfully. So we, yeah. we were able to do that. Um, we've stopped uh, bills from uh, getting to the floor in Massachusetts. We've fought uh, tax efforts on affiliates and put, got that taken off the calendar in Washington. But uh, in the space of, of uh, defensive legislation, and then uh, on litigation on the offense, um, there's been some litigation on the defense too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one famous case when the NSCA sued me for calling them soda whores, mm-hmm. um, it, You know they were shocked that. That once I called them soda whores and they sued me for it, we then had the right to see their correspondence with soda. And their response is, we could never, ever do that. And the judge says, well, you have to. And so they dropped the suit. Mm, I mean, what was in those emails is that they're soda whores. Yeah. And <laughs> their attorneys go, no one even knows what that means. And it will give me five minutes and I'll share with you exactly what I mean by soda whore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got legislation, litigation. I'll come back to the be- website and it's, it's validation of what? Of what's going on day in, day out in the gym. By who? Well, people like Tim Noakes, for mm-hmm. instance, you know? Mm-hmm. Professor Noakes, PhD, MD, uh, world-class athlete and authority on exercise science. Uh, probably the greatest exercise science of, of, of all time. But it, and I, I, can, I can award him that on the basis of uh, waterlogged alone. And what he did to to reveal the mess, the deadly mess that the ACSM created on with their hyperhydration campaign and, and when Pepsi Gatorades help. But, uh, you know, I, I used to say that no one could name a single contribution to the way anyone trained or did anything that came out of an exercise scientist anywhere. And Mel Siff hated me for that and, and, and too bad we lost him. But uh, Tim Noakes has done something that's made a difference. And... Uh, People would still think that that uh, hyperhydration provides some prophylaxis from heat injury, and that exertional cramping might have its origins in dehydration. All that, all that crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a growing number of people. In fact, with our science conference on hydration, we were actually able to correct the peer-reviewed record and get the st- science to currently read: drink when you're thirsty, don't when you're not. Um, by the way, that cost us several million dollars to get that <laughs> to get that done. Um, but but these, these areas of legislation, litigation, validation, and education is, is really why we're there. And if that doesn't feel worth it to the affiliate, then it's important to me that I don't want to talk to anyone into that. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand the value, I don't want you as one of my gyms because it's important to me that we all share some fundamental values mm-hmm. as to what our purpose is, what we're doing, and where we sit in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you, you say you know, listen, I don't like, I don't like the lawsuits. Um, I don't need anyone to defend me. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I know all I need to know. Um, I don't want to learn more about the science or the corruption. And uh, then you're, you've, you've made a mistake, and I've made one too in, in the, in the alliance.
1: Mm-hmm. Now for the affiliates, I know you said you've, you've been hearing a lot over the years from these ten-year affiliates, these affiliates who've kind of who know what's important and they know the population that they're working with and they're trying to reach. And over the course of this year, as a lot of these changes happened, um, I think, at least I've heard from affiliates, that they were caught by surprise. And I know mm-hmm. that's by no mistake. I know that's that was the intention of how you guys, how you wanted to make these changes happen. But what do you want to say to those affiliates, the 10-year affiliates or less than 10 years, who... Um, maybe just want to want to be in the loop and they want to know what, what is CrossFit doing and, and how can we support the mission? And let me speak to
0: that effort on our part. Um, I've had, I've had the affiliates standing in line to tell me that it's not about the games. Mm -hmm. And so fix that launch a new website. Um, we've identified, uh, 800 affiliates that will be 10 years old. Uh, in September, when we meet at Whistler with them, that number was two hundred something. Uh, in January, wow. but it's going to be eight hundred by then. Then I look to our own uh, L one training cadre, and I've got thirty one L one staffers that are ten plus year boxers. Wow! Including nine flow masters that have had boxes for ten years, and I've started meeting with them one at a time, mm-hmm. about five six in, and. uh I'm gonna get through all thirty one before we get to uh to Whistler mm-hmm. and there at Whistler we're gonna share this stuff uh with the ten year affiliates there mm-hmm. and uh look the target audience for the box i'm sorry for the website mm-hmm. is the affiliates particularly the ten year plus affiliates mm-hmm. uh it, they've seen a lot they've learned a lot and 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 uh, they've grown up you know yeah. for for almost every one of them i can say with great confidence that they're 10 years older their parents are 10 years older <laughs> they had kids they're 10 years older and nobody you know something's wrong with you 10 years down the road you don't feel and think a little different than you did before and so mm-hmm. we have that in common they know exactly what's important so that was one audience the 10-year affiliates um, and by the way this is all after the fact I built I built the website that I wish all could have been found in one spot mm-hmm. okay that was it's the curation effort mm-hmm. but when asked well you know who who do you want to look at this where is where you know what would be the ideal audience in it? you know you can say everyone always but that's not what we're doing it's that 10 year affiliate my training cadre um, uh, uh, the docs in the boxes
3: mm-hmm.
0: and anyone else with a brain all the other big brain people that's okay. who the website's for and so it's a little bit b2b
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so spread the word out well my 10 year affiliates have an obligation to talk to to their friends family associates mm-hmm. and share what they know and i think we can we can help them with that by providing resources for them to give that give that uh, information to pass that information forward the l one training cadre is already in that space mm-hmm. Um, it's time to hear from the docs that are in the boxes, mm-hmm. not just within the box, but in the broader community. I want to give them the resources to do so. And again, anyone with a brain. We've always tried to address with our material, uh, with our ops, uh, to speak to the smarter people. Mm-hmm. And so I hope there's going to be a, uh, uh, uh improved communication, but I can tell you that... Uh, much of the message was there before, but it was diluted by other material mm-hmm. and so we were taking motorcycle trips and covering them and you know that you the, the good stuff was hidden. I had a wonderful sit down with uh with uh the beyond the whiteboard guys and mm-hmm. tell you what uh, those of us that were running crossFit and uh Jonathan and uh mo mm-hmm. and beyond the whiteboard have you have you had them on?
1: Um, actually not yet.
0: Oh my gosh. They're
1: way overdue. I'm always trying to chase them down because they're the ones who actually helped me start the podcast.
0: I I sat with them in San Luis Obispo last week, just prior to coming here. And, uh, we start, we had a meeting that went from eight in the morning, nine in the morning to eight at night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, boy, they know a lot, but, uh, uh, Mo and Jonathan are of the point that the essential CrossFit message had been diluted, and that the early journal articles are are the core of of, of what's made this what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, their call was for that again. Another, they're they're pushing for more back to basics, mm-hmm. and so at their lead, um, we're going to reintroduce the original journal articles, mm-hmm. um, wade through those that are essential and profound versus maybe entertaining Mm -hmm. and uh and and uh refine or distill the message so that it would be harder to not understand uh by accident what's going on at crossfit.com who we are
1: absolutely absolutely i mean i can imagine even you know as 10 years ago you could easily see all of those articles but now there's just so much out there it's probably harder to find so i think it will be
0: some of them actually required some uh, manipulation of the earl to pull them up mm. and so these coder boys have found everything <laughs> and indexed it for the first time ever uh-huh. and jonathan said and you asked him about this I, I may not have it exactly right but he, he was he was offering that uh um, it rarely is there a, a question that didn't find uh he he doesn't hear questions from affiliates too often that can't be addressed, you know, in terms of the training physiology yeah. that aren't aren't addressed or weren't addressed by earlier material. Mm-hmm. And so we may have published too much.
1: <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Um, so is the 10-year affiliate gathering, do you imagine this being something that happens every year so that every year there are more and more affiliates brought into this conversation?
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I just know. You know me. I'm like, I'm
0: not. Look, get me through Whistler and I'll have ideas leaving, you know, because it could be. And I'm careful not to plan too far ahead. Maybe we'll never, ever do this again, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I I think we need to do that on the regular.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's your advice to an affiliate owner right now? If you were an affiliate owner right now, what would you be doing to further serve CrossFit's mission and, and grow your business and serve your members?
0: They serve our mission by, by one thing only, and that is finding their own success. Mm-hmm. And I can tell them how they do that. Um, you, have, you have to get clients, and you have to keep them, right? And nobody can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be contact-averse. You have to be willing. Like I was the guy at the gate that I saw. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. why don't you join one of my gyms? And he says, the third time I've been asked at today, thinking it was weird. It was the 400-pound or 350-pound kid at the gate. And I told him, like, you're going to get diabetes. And he says, I already got it. <laughs> and i like, oh, my God. Oh, no. and you see his, his socks were cutting into his calves, you know. And he's already got some ulcerations in his in, in the lower extremities. You can see it. Um, And I got, I've got i got no problem just talking to someone like that. I can help you. They know what i are talking about. I can help you. I, mean, I own a gym. I can help you. Um, You have to be like that. And then when you get them you have you have to care about them more than yourself mm-hmm. um and but those are the rudiments you know if you don't if you don't come hardwired with that, you have no chance as an affiliate
2: mm-hmm.
0: um if you can't get clients, I can't help you get them I can't help you get them but if you can get them and you can keep them what we can do is is improve the quality of your offering improve the give you better resources for better communication to your clients um and the capacity to to justify your efforts um in the presence of anyone regardless of their training background or or uh, inclinations. Mm-hmm. And so I can make a good affiliate, a great one, but I can't make one. And we've done a good amount of looking at those that that can't uh can't uh, make it go. Mm-hmm. And If you were to make the list of things that were in the way, they reside in the individual Mm. and not in the business practices, Mm -hmm. and it's exceedingly unlikely that on getting the right information, they're going to. So if I, here's the truth, you got bad breath. You don't care about anyone except yourself, uh, and you're inattentive to detail. You imagine somebody hearing that? Oh God, okay. And they come back. Hey, I brushed my teeth. I care more about you than me. I'm a completely different. It's not going to happen. The, the, those people with those with those uh, issues are going to die with those issues. But uh, uh, that's a, that's a very small part of it. I got a lot of people. I, you know, a lot. There, there's a, there's there's affiliates that shouldn't have affiliated. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you thought I was going to come lay your mats or, or drive people, in, look. The notion that we would collect affiliate fees and then develop a national advertising campaign that had people running into the box like this was Subway or McDonald's, it's not what we're at. That's not... Look, I, you've long heard me say that CrossFit is responsible for the professionalization of the trainer. Mm-hmm. The overwhelming majority of trainers are making $100,000 a year are CrossFit trainers. We estimate that might be 90 to 99% of trainers that make 100000 a year are CrossFit trainers. Um... Professionalization of the training space does not involve me running national advertisements to bring people into your box. I don't want, uh, 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 you know, one eight hundred dentist, and I don't want to hire an attorney because I saw his face on a billboard above the freeway asking if I've been in an accident. You know, those not That's not. That's not my sense of a, of a professional service. When I'm at the dermatologist and they've also got reflexology and massage and a multi-multi level marketing opportunity, I worry about the the credentials, the professional capabilities of of the physician, mm-hmm. and and so uh, uh, I, I I like I like what we're doing, mm-hmm. and we can always do it better and will. But it's it really helps me to realize that I you know I'm. I'm responsible for those things happening outside of the box mm-hmm. the the greater world and its reaction to my affiliates. Mm-hmm. And uh that's what I would want someone to do. Like I'll I'll open the door every day and I'll train these people. If you could provide me better educational resources and keep the the aggressive uh opposition off my back, I would do, I would help. Have you noticed the uh flood of mainstream media on concerning CrossFit and the elderly uh and the obese? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. We've changed our rep- reputation. Yeah. There was a, a, a orchestrated mass media campaign by our critics to uh, portray us as dangerous hmm. by by the opposition, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's all. That's all waning now uh, because of the changes in the, in the website. So we were actually able to to alter the world's view of things, and you know the the living room set. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that thought that I was trying to reach out to people in their living rooms, which is really funny. I'm not. Not at all. I don't no one's no one no one that looks like Bob on that couch is gonna stumble on CrossFit.com and start start doing this stuff. It's not mm-hmm. like that. But we all know someone that looks like that, you know? That like that looks like my grandma's living room and mm-hmm. you know, or my aunt's living room. And uh we know people that are that are sedentary and we know people that are eating too much carbohydrate, we know that they're sitting there watching TV and we know that they're older and yet the CrossFit stimulus has more to offer them than it does you mm-hmm. in terms of the change in lifestyle. Yeah. And so I said to Sevon, I said, let's let's bring those people into the gym. Let's reach out into the community at large, and let's bring the what I'm calling the underserved. These are the people that no gym wants them walking in. I promise you, at 24-Hour Nautilus or, or LA Fitness, when you come in with a walker, no one's getting all excited. Look, this is going to be great, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, I would, we can, our affiliates will. And so what I wanted was to start uh, 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 making the point, demonstrating our capacity to ourselves and the world with the morbidly obese and seniors. And so I need I need really old people and really fat people. We were going to put out a social media call for the uh, really fat and old, and boy, it didn't look right, you know? <laughs> I really, see a
1: lot of people jumping on that one. Yeah,
0: if you're super fat, we want to work with you. And I said, like, I, don't, I don't think we have to do that. So what we did is we put the word out that we, um, if you thought of yourself as the last person that would ever join a CrossFit gym, we'd like to talk to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And boy, exactly what I was looking for showed up in large number. And uh, we've uh, been doing this since January. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not for publicity, not for, but to learn, mm-hmm. to learn and to to watch the impact. And so we've got a gal already that's lost 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. She had not been to ground um, voluntarily or gotten up by herself in over a decade. And, you know, the impact uh, there. And look, let me share one, just one facet of this thing. Uh, you don't have to know too much medicine or have been paying attention to too many family members or, or, or be a, aware of, of what the aging process is about to not have... Uh, to not know about the problem with falling. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, there's the concomitant issue of can't get up. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Both can be deadly. And if not harbingers of a near end, how many times did like my poor aunt Helen recently, did it start with a fall? And then, and then we have the cascade. And so people are falling. It's the third leading cause of death, by the way, is seniors falling on, on, from, uh, 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 meds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, so I I got the idea. Well, why don't we practice going to ground and getting back up? How do you like that? And you know, and I see you smiling. Like, <laughs> do you think that that having practiced? Go, well, let's just talk about the gal that can where she couldn't. And she, by the way, she knew that it had been a decade because she remembers the last time the fire department came and picked her up off the floor and put her on her sofa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and it's interesting because. It would take a while to prove the advantage. But I know for a fact that if you're feeling lightheaded, standing there fighting it until you go versus I'm going to lay down and when this goes away, I'm going to come back up, get to the phone and call my daughter and then go to mm-hmm. the doctor. You know what I mean? that's awesome. That's awesome. And we, so we started asking the physical therapy community at Michelle Moots, who's running our mm-hmm. program is a, is a registered physical therapist and a flow master. And she said she can't find anyone in the physical therapy community that knows anything about anyone teaching seniors or obese people to go to ground and get back up. Yeah. And peripheral to that, we use the padded road plyo box. And so this gal had uh, braces or crutches mm-hmm. at nearly 400 pounds. She'd approach the box, lean them against the, Thing, and then um, prostrate herself, upper body over sure. the box, and then push to standing again and get the crutches. Mm-hmm. As she lost weight, we got that box lower and lower and lower until mm-hmm. she finally was absolutely on the ground and getting back up. That's a huge victory. We learned something else along the way. You'd rather do this on a hardened uh, uh, mat surface mm-hmm. or linoleum, uh, vinyl flooring, hardwood, or better than carpet mm-hmm. in the in the in the super seniors the uh, carpeting would denude the flesh on oh, the yeah. elbows and forearms. So like a big discovery, you know, guys <laughs> standing there things, dripping yeah. blood saying, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just the carpeting. So we're, we're learning, mm-hmm. we're learning. And we're doing things that nobody else wants to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've got, we've got these people in large numbers in the box and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I will turn our Scotts Valley gym. That thing is going to be full of, 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 of seniors. And those that are, uh, mass-challenged mm-hmm. are going to be in there all day long, morning through night, it's, we're going to keep running this program. It's amazing. And we're doing something similar with Joe uh, Westerlin in, uh, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, thank you, and uh, uh, Pat Sherwood um, in Washington mm-hmm. in, on, a, on a smaller scale.
1: How are you going to spread this, these things that you're learning, out to the affiliates, and how, what do you hope that they do with this information? Well, you know,
0: it's already happening, and mm-hmm. so someone says, "We got a guy that lost 150 pounds." We've never put it on a Facebook page because we didn't know that was cool to do, and yeah. I'm like, "Cool to do? That's, it's, Let's that's talk why about you got it. a Facebook yeah. page, yeah." And uh, we get sent examples on the reg now, and so words getting out, and there's a an effort on the affiliates to be somewhat imitative. I think they're mm-hmm. I think they're drawing from the inspiration, mm-hmm. you know. Look. It was either Jan 1 or second or on, on on in the first few days of January Murray Carpenter of the Washington Post called me up he wanted to know where the picture came from that was on the front end cuz he thought it was his parents living room <laughs> and you know he said oh, my god and I said where do they live Yeah and he said on on Long Island and it was weird because my inspiration for it was the all in the family TV series living room Okay um I just wanted something that just looks just like just anywhere America um and uh and that was set in Long Island, so I knew we I knew we'd touched a nerve in, in the in the design. Then we we, we did the living room, but uh, uh, another fella called and said, uh, and he was a physician. And he'd been to the to, to uh, uh, I don't remember if he's been to MDL one or not, we, but uh, regardless, he uh, he said that he showed his mom the video of the woman uh, doing deadlifts mm-hmm. with the antifreeze, whatever. Mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> It's just water in a jug, right? <laughs> and so we d- we did the water in a jug and it, it, you couldn't see the water. And so someone got food coloring and mm-hmm. damn it they got the, the red <laughs> looked like blood, right? We don't <laughs> want that and they and the and so the blue looks like anti antifreeze. So anyways, it's just so you can see that there, there's water in the jug. Mm-hmm. That That's where the load comes from. But he saw, that, he saw that video and then he showed it to his mom. And this was a surprise to me and him. But mom says, I'll go to the gym. Wow. Not exercise in her home, but she's willing to go to the gym if that's all. If it's just stuff like that and look at this old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have Bob here personally? Yeah, good. I'm excited that he's here. You know, he's our landlord in Scotts Valley. Mm-hmm. He's one of the more successful businessmen in, uh, in the Santa Cruz area. Wow. Uh, he runs a, an auction, um, a, a state auction that's an international event.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, he's a great guy. It's good to have him around. But he's, he, he has awesome. been an inspiration to a lot of people. Yeah. And he's lost 25 or 30 pounds. He wow. looks better. It's a better bob.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm sure several people here are going to recognize him and want to take a picture
0: with yeah. him. Yeah, We've also got some flat bobs. Oh yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and uh, Sevi can show you a picture of that of him in my office. We all fell for really? it. I thought Bob was in my office, but it was Flat Bob. What but he's Bob. he's a good dude, and he's become emblematic, symbolic of of our very best work, mm-hmm. of of the of the potential for the stimulus to mm-hmm. impact people positively, and those that underserved community, the morbidly obese, mm-hmm. um, the elderly. Let's look down at the kids. Uh, adaptive athletes these are all these are all people Mm -hmm. for whom the crossfit stimulus is ideal
1: yeah and how cool to give people those type of heroes to look up to in addition to those games heroes that we're looking up to i
0: couldn't agree more
1: so as we wrap up um could you just share with the community what you are most excited about now what are the things that when you wake up in the morning you can't wait to start working on
0: It's, it's, it's that defense of the realm from the front end highlighting our, our legislative efforts and successes, um, our litigation efforts and successes Mm -hmm. and the uh, validation and education that is bringing these world-class scientists, uh, uh, you know, really people that are, people that are, are, are are the minds for the ages, bringing them into the gyms and, uh, uh all of that kind of culminating in a, in a cert offering on uh, modern science and the scientific method. That's what I'm really excited about. Really, really excited about it. We got it. We got, we got attacked by bad science. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the response of why don't we just share with the world what good science is, you know, all of the studies, whether you're in the P value space and the, and the problems they're in thinking that it, it that it, it, it speaks to the, to the statistical significance of something, um, the scientific misconduct, um, the, uh, 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 <laughs> the, the heart of what is wrong in, in the flawed studies, none of it requires uh, uh, knowledge of any scientific field. The problems are all what we've termed Aristotelian. It's, the, it's basic logic. Mm-hmm. It's just thinking clearly, um, be, not being innumerate. And, and I haven't seen a problem yet that I couldn't explain to a reasonably bright high school student exactly what's wrong here and, and teach him or her to apply that same standard in looking for this fault again. So you know you got an n of 3 or a survey based thing or or a, a, some epidemiological study that concludes with a causal relationship I mean these are these are skills that we can impart mm-hmm. and we're already doing so and I'm I'm really I'm really excited by that
1: I'm excited for this new seminar definitely Thank you,
0: Thank you. Well, you'll be at the, you'll be at the heart of it we'll be we'll be developing it and you know it's a we're 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 well into it we're well into it we've got it's kind of what looks like that skeleton of a mm-hmm. of a course outline you know and we're going to give you a little background in aristotle and bacon and what their contributions were um that gave rise to to modern science a uh, whole bunch of definitions of ter- terms you know that stuff that we've we've shared before about the uh levels of of scientific uh, assertion from conjecture theory hypothesis you know mm-hmm. conjecture hypothesis theory and law um a uh, Good dose of logical fallacies, you know. When I saw that a Canadian Journal of uh, Nutrition had, in response to exercise-associated hyponatremic encephalopathy deaths, said that EAHE is caused by either overdrinking or uh, inadequate intake of electrolytes, mm. and I look at that thing's true what I've done is I've joined a true statement. The only way you get EHE is from overdrinking. And if I could have added or, uh, any other statement, even a false one, like it's, and, and it's a true statement. Mm-hmm. And I could, and we've seen that now three or four times where in some scientific work, you have an A or B and A is true and B is false, but mm-hmm. the thing's true. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's a true statement designed to deceive. Mm-hmm. And so a lie embedded in a true statement. And uh, we can give anyone the wherewithal to not not be a victim of that, not fall for it.
1: Looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, I have to say a huge thank you again. I know you know the first time that we met, I told you, thank you for changing my life. And now I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary with CrossFit last month. And like you said, I'm 10 years older, and I've been through different things over the last 10 years. And at that time, I said it more from a from a personal standpoint because it had changed my relationship with exercise and how I thought about my body. But now I can say it's changed so much more in terms of the trajectory of my career and what I hope to do in medicine and sort of how you've opened my eyes to so much more that's out there too. So I have to say thank you. And I'm looking forward to the next 10 years to well, see where we're going.
0: I, I, uh, I love you. The community loves you. Um, you, uh, I can't. I can't hear your name without smiling. Uh, but uh, you, as a CrossFit physician, have just an, an amazing opportunity to 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 uh, impact people uh, beyond what almost any physician normally would or could. And uh, we're looking to you for that leadership. And I'm, I'm great to be on your team. Thank yeah. you.
1: Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you haven't heard Greg speak before, I highly encourage you to go back and check out my previous conversations with him in episodes 35 and 80 of the podcast for a little bit more background and context. He is clearly a visionary, and at times it's hard for the rest of us to keep up with him as well as interpret his thought process. But at least for me, the more I listen, the more I learn, and the more I appreciate about the direction CrossFit is heading. As I've said in previous podcasts with Greg, I don't think anyone is better positioned to make a real dent in the mess that we discussed of our current healthcare system and chronic disease epidemic than CrossFit is, and I am very proud to be part of it. I also think that with the exponential growth of CrossFit, it's easy to lose sight of what CrossFit is at its core and how we started What CrossFit has grown into today and what it is now is a direct result of the effectiveness of the program and the community that has been cultivated around it from the very beginning. So when you get a chance, take some time to go back and read an old CrossFit Journal article, watch a video of Greg speaking from back in the early days, or follow some of the current postings on the CrossFit main site. I'd love to hear from you too, so send me an email at info at julifouché.com with some of your thoughts on what was discussed in this episode and where CrossFit is headed. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website julifouché.com, and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at i I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.